I get passionate about what we're building for customers because what a great product. You have to have it to basically stay in business to acquire a new customer if you're a small business owner. And we serve a purpose to be there at their greatest time of need within their greatest calamity within a business. Welcome to Transform It Forward, the podcast that gives you an inside look into the before and after some of the world's most effective transformation processes. I'm your host, Paul French. The insurance industry was dramatically impacted by the pandemic, and some providers have been quick to evolve in the face of the crisis. Small businesses have been especially challenged by COVID, and new companies are stepping forward to streamline the process for entrepreneurs hoping to grow their business and to simplify their insurance needs. On this episode of Transform It Forward, I sit down with Mark Morissette, founder and CEO of FoxQuilt. They're a leading North American insurance technology company focused on empowering small businesses and their B2B networks to improve both the experience and to drive savings. The company's insurance as a service platform is complemented by a unique data and machine learning underwriting infrastructure. It leverages innovative technology and creates unique products, making life easier for small business owners. Mark believes automated processes will help revolutionize the insurance industry and provide a better way to address the current needs of small business. He'll share his thoughts on how the pandemic has changed the insurance industry and where it's going in the future. Mark, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Paul. Glad to be with you. At what point in your career did you look and see the intersection of opportunity and the business problem that that made you want to start Fox Quilt? Yeah, I'll take you back even a, a step or glance before the light bulb moment, which would become the blueprint of Fox Quilt. I'd always been immersed within teams and cultures that had you know, bridged product and technology and building out some of the first digital offerings, um, uh, certainly for, with the first digital banks. And that exposed me to the broader ecosystem, all things fintech. So I was fascinated with product uh, aligned with distribution strategy to you know, emancipate and empower the customer uh, for, the, for the most part. And where I had the light bulb moment for you know, Fox Quilt or what would become Fox Quilt, I was leading the insurance vertical at a prolific fintech company born and raised here in Toronto, 2011, onward to an IPO in 17. And it hosted like in kind small business owners, 200,000 large across North America to service basically mortgage appraisals for you know, tier one through three banks. And the last part of their onboarding due diligence was showcasing their ripe insurance policy, GL and you know, with our limits in place. They never, ever had it. It was, a, it was a break in the traditional value chain. They'd have to walk back to a legacy agent or broker. And if we saw them at all, it'd be months later. So we recognized right away that, uh, you know, our call out to the marketplace, these big alpha house legacy carriers that were servicing our interests, you know, they couldn't respond to the simple problem. Can you not integrate insurance to the platform? They cascade an affinity offering to our like-in-kind 200,000 large network. So our you know, CTO at the time, my friend Malin Joshi, and my current partner, Karim Jamal, we were building out this you know, company at uh, Real Matters. We said it's time for insurance technologists to get in the game and really start building sophisticated back-end architecture to support you know, the, kit, the customer's interests um, as far as giving them more choice access to treaty and modular product. So that's, you know, that was in 2016. <laughs> that uh, we recognize that the, there's a massive void. And so was the, was the real problem that you were trying to solve the choice or was it the, the intersection of those, you know, you talk about appraisals, right? I just refinanced my house here in the U.S. And, you know, you got a lot of moving parts all at the same time. What was really the business problem you were solving? 
You know, the true business problem is that, you know, the, these legacy carriers that, you know, the last carriers that we built were 100 years ago. And, you know, 100 years later, they're still stuck on these monolithic stacks and disenfranchising any customer, whether it's direct to consumer or, or part of a larger, more powerful B2B um, program or association. And the problem with that is that they're marketing product at a segment level. They're lumping every industry code or class together. Everyone's a contractor. Well, we know that's not the case. You peel it back and there's 2,000 injury codes and a locksmith is very different from a roofer or a paver. But they don't have the architecture or the machine to create on-the-fly a la carte product as you go. And the customers sitting there basically in this traditional value chain managing their interest through an agent or a broker in a paper value chain and they're getting a response time of you know, three weeks with a traditional kind of one-size-fits-all packaged product, not knowing that basically it's basically the, loser, uh, the winners subsidizing the losers at a segment level. And they're basically being dictated terms, price, and everything in between. So it has really been a broken mess. And so the real problem is about think, waking up and going to bed thinking about what the customer's pain points are. If you're a basement business that's just a small little Etsy self-employed business, or you're a one to 10 employee uh, a videographer, should you not be able to access product 24-7? That's a non-starter. 24-7 in a digital environment, like you purchase your shoes in any retail environment online, and then be access custom, build your own product that meets the needs of your, where your business is in its state of um, maturity. So that's a lot said there and a lot of different problems that you're trying to figure out. But you're, you're sitting down with basically your team of innovators and it, it stems and ends with basically the customer's interest in designing state-of-the-art architecture in the back end that can service basically and create engineer product on the fly that's customized to the individual small business owner that lets them basically build their product on the fly at 10 p.m. at night that lets them as their business grows and matures and they need to you know, amend the policy or the treaty with additional limits in case of a new client, have someone named to the certificate that lets them 24-7 print that new certificate and amend their own policy at their own will. So it's about empowering the customer's interests agnostic to distribution channel. If they're representing their, themselves within a, a basement business or small business or part of a larger program like our appraisal network, they should have basically the same access to treaty product and price um, through technology. And we recognize that very early, but we also had the foresight and determination to say, we need to build all the IP in-house. Meaning, yes, we're going to work with the biggest, best, most innovative, progressive reinsurers in the world to give us access and autonomy to build product within our architecture. But we also want to build, you know, replace the, you know, the oil combustible engine with the you know, modern Tesla for insurance. But we have to build the flying car, meaning we need to basically build in and own all the policy and men to that life cycle of the policy and the self-service functionality behind it. And what that means is that we, we recognized 2011 through 17 when we we're looking at like, you know, the, insure, the first wave or first generation of insurance technology leaders in our you know, marketplace some of them in our, our, our cousin portfolio that we work with that are you know, our reinsurance partner, Munich Re. 
a lot of them basically outsourced a lot of their backend capabilities to multinational vendors to manage policy and other things to go quicker, to hyperscale. We, bet, we went in about a different way. We said, we're going to basically you know, be technology, uh, a technology company first, and we're going to build in those backend capabilities to service all the um, short-term and long-term interests of our customer. Because it's, and we'll talk about this you know, a little bit longer in the, uh, the conversation. In the future, it's about basically this moving product around a data algorithm. That's what insurance is at the end of the day. And how can you ingest inorganic and organic data for the machine to get smarter? And how can it manage the interests of all your different APIs? We're talking about payment APIs or policy APIs or claims APIs. So that the customer really now dictates uh, the terms within the treaty. And it's a real marriage between um, carrier and customer. It's a fascinating approach. And I have a a similar perspective, having done a startup, uh, looking at the real estate side of it, right? Where you look at the interests of the real estate, which had been effectively disintermediated by these third parties who take a disproportionate share of the transaction and don't necessarily provide as much value as you would expect someone would be able to create on their own if they just had, you know, symmetric information, right? Give them everything, let them make the choices, and then better things would happen. And and we didn't, it didn't work the way we expected because even though they were effectively disintermediated by realtors and agents, much like the broker community is in the insurance business, it turned out it was a complicated enough transaction with enough economic risk attached to it that people said, ah, I don't, ah, you know what, it's worth it for me to pay a few bucks, you know, to, to, to have somebody walk me through the process. How do you confront the consumer behavior challenges there where people, you know, don't understand limits of loss and how that relates and what's a primary versus a secondary and things like that, right? Yeah, it's an awesome question. So our, you know, where this basically, um, the advantages gained by technology companies like ours that are, uh, I hate the word disruption, but more about, it's about working with, you know, the traditional ecosystem and value chain to, you know, very much build and innovate product offerings for SME portfolios, for small businesses, to automate those different environments. And the balance of basically education and basically the productivity through digitization of their affairs uh, you know, online through our, our vehicle really shows up when we're working with legacy carriers as customers, with brokerages, large brokerages that have large small business programs, because remember, they're looking at us to basically help and support them too. They haven't been making money on this low margin transactional small business premium for a very long time. And they recognize that they need to basically move their consultants, their agents, their brokers upstream to more complex mid-market business where they can be stronger advocates, replace basically a lot of the back-end paper submission work through an automated environment like ours. But a small business owner that's really you know one to five employees and they don't need all the additional frills and attention comprehensive within the today's kind of one-size-fits-all packaged policy. They need to be in and out at very economically uh, you know, fair-valued rate within an you know, e-commerce environment. At the same time, they also want to be ensured that they have the right coverage bespoke for their business. And that's where that's where the value is in why you know what we're creating and a few other handful of insurance technology companies are really b- making the mark on is that what what's the public and the layman doesn't know is that 
a lot of these brokers and agents have been, you know, basically human beings selling packaged policies that are not even intended for a yoga instructor studio. They're not even intended for a janitorial or maid service. It's a one-size-fits-all segment product, package product with frills that are not even necessary or they're missing other things that really are required to cover that distinct, unique operation. Enter Foxquilt. And what, what, what our technology and our underwriting capacity partners in Munich Re have really recognized very early because these sort of things aren't built overnight. This is five years of uh, you know, love and passion and building this technology offering in our, in our modern modular product. We recognize that basically through you know, this e-commerce environment that we had to get it right between coverage and product and that it had to be available 24-7 in a very, uh, very, very efficient digital manner, agnostic to how you're originating your customer. doesn't matter if it's 10 different distribution channels. What that means is that we've worked on hundreds of different classes of business across many different verticals, focusing on the small business owner within each distinct, unique business class, and that the machine is going to basically build a customized bespoke offering for a maid service, for a technology consulting office. And then basically, it's going to make them feel comfortable at the end of the five-minute process that they've got the right general liability coverage and limits in place. And we're, we're not going to dictate to them. We're going to work with them within that environment to say, this is what you need, but we'll give you a choice and we'll empower you with freedom and flexibility. Obviously, the machine is going to be smart enough to give basically thresholds and rules, underwriting rules, that's going to protect their interests and ours, by the way. So... It's essentially building a smarter you know, mousetrap using technology, data, and sophisticated underwriting and rating within all these different APIs that basically act as independent pipes along to an upstream bespoke product for each small business owner. So when you get it right and you're solving the problems direct to consumer and you're testing that thesis in the marketplace for a few years direct to consumer, then you can basically say, okay, Mr. Alpha House Carrier, Alpha House Broker, B2B Association or Program, now you get to basically gain access to this suite of modular machine-built product and the vehicle that's servicing it through you know, different self-service functionality mechanisms. But You know, the insurance business is effectively a data business, right? I mean, it's all about lost, lost data and, 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 the, and the forecast and the predictions of, of that, given the particular situation. You know, given that, you know, the alpha carriers have been doing this for 150 years and they have all that data, is it a partnership that allows you to consume that? Or are you taking and you feel comfortable enough in your algorithms to say, okay, with a smaller base of data, I can get, you know, similar sort of forecasts from an underwriting perspective? Yeah, so it's, it's, this is a, an ongoing question that, you know, when you talk about, the, you know, what we started out building the blueprint and the technology four or five years ago is living and breathing today. And now when I get really excited about what we're, you know, building and blueprinting today for the next five years, you're absolutely right. It is about basically a smarter machine, smarter data, where you're accessing data to, you know, adjudicate risk, to underwrite more quickly and efficient. And, Historically, as even your audience will know, that you know, legacy carriers that are stuck in these monolithic stacks that really are, you know, their whole architecture with all different plugins could take up, you know, the, every wall in my house. And what's been really broken down, the end result is you've got basically manual processes where you've got human being underwriters in this in the small business or commercial insurance space working 
commercial underwriters still sitting with basically color-coded paper on their desks or they're being triaged through you know, an inefficient, optimized system, working with agents and brokers. And there's essentially the end result is a basically a packaged policy, a one-size-fits-all. And it's based on great by parallel actuarial science. What that means is that it's historically based and it's usually rich with knowledge of where their book is rich and mature. Some carriers, it's richer and mature in other segments and verticals. Some are even more sophisticated in other vertical segments, manufacturing, et cetera. But they only can work with what they've got historically. And when you're stuck in those monolithic um, uh, stack environments, one pipe has to, the whole machine breaks down when one can't interact with the other. So when you build a new architecture from scratch, and you don't have to bulldoze a heritage home to do that, you got to emulate the best in practice e-commerce companies in the world. And that starts with basically microservice architecture, independently serviced APIs that have lots of different microservices within microservices and many different data lakes that are harvesting organic in or, or organic data that's focused on future outlook. And it's always maturing and evolving as far as future predictability. When you're working with a leading reinsurance company in the world, in building out what that Novell product and basically that science looks like from an under perspective, the end result is that we don't want losers being protected by losing business classes, roofers and pavers within that contractor segment being subsidized by very profitable plumbers or electricians. We want basically, you know, ISO rated based product that's baked in as a baseline to the product that we're servicing around across these different verticals and segments who we're trying to attract uh, and how, who we're trying to reward, but price basically and rate fair value for your distinct business. But it seems like the risk for you in that particular case is, is as an emerging business, even though, you know, five or seven or 10 years, you probably have more insights over one particular class or another. And when you get that, that outlier, how much risk do you feel like you have to take on or does your, 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 your partner say, okay, we know how to deal with that. Here's some data that suggests what that actually should look like. You got it. And it, it's no secret. So when you're building these state-of-the-art modern carriers, we're not doing it in isolation as a young technology company. We have prolific, sophisticated um, partner in Munich Re, largest reinsurer in the world. And I would argue that uh, I don't need to call out our peer groups around the round table within our you know, portfolio of companies that we're building these things with, but they are the leading commercial insurance technology companies, uh, certainly in North America, if not globally. And Munich re-recognized, not, and I, you know, they've been wonderful partners to us. We've been building this uh, for you know, a few years. We're you know, the first ever exclusive direct-to-consumer uh, super MGA here in Canada, but it's a North American treaty. So... What that means is that we have basically the full advantage of all their internal resources and capabilities when it comes to underwriting data science, what they know the lay of the land, and basically insuring and reinsuring our marketplace for you know, the last hundreds of years. So we also share, and this is how you go faster. When you're sitting at a round table, best-in-class insurance technology companies in North America focus on manufacturing new product, new technology. We get the advantage of basically sharing around a round table and a symposium every day, every quarter, every sprint, and every stress test toward release, what's working well and what's not with the others in our peer group. So 
we have lots of advantages to existing data that supports basically our pricing and underwriting APIs unique for that individual industry code or business class. Because when you get it right and you're always tweaking it, it never stops. We released product two weeks ago here in Canada for contractors, for hundreds of different individual, unique, distinct business class, con- different contractors. And you're working last basically year for that pricing and underwriting API to get it right. So you're, you're, not, you know, you're not coming in with this kind of holistic broad brush approach and trying to you know, adjust it quarterly. You're always tweaking it. Yeah, I can only imagine. So when you look at the the overall landscape of folks who are trying to um, to take a similar perspective, right? You could look at Lemonade on the renter's insurance, and there's a handful of people trying to do it in, in life, life insurance here in the States um, and around the world. How do you see portfolio expansion long-term? Are you going to stay segmented and, and say yeah, there's plenty of market for the 10-person videographer Globally, or do you say once we get that figured out and we have the systems and, you know, as an old integration guy working at an integration company, the, you know, your API and microservices resonates with me. How do you take that and look at the overall portfolio and the, and the growth expectations you have? Yeah, that's an interesting question that I basically, you know, I think about out loud all day, every day. But I think that we've got a great vision for, you know, what we, where we see ourselves becoming and what we want to be when we grow up. The personal in insurance technology and insure tech distribution product, the monoline personal lines offerings went first. First generation around, you know, lemonade with renters, some of the different providers on the car side, Metro Mile, Root, et cetera. HIPAA with home. It's a bit different when you're dealing with like a monoline personal lines product. That's always had, had binding authority with the customer in that product. When you're talking about small commercial, small commercial or commercial insurance, that's basically never gone direct to consumer because there's always been, there's more complexity with it because there's been an underwriter involved, a broker involved, or the customer. And it's been um, not broken down by technology-driven modular product. Modular product, I use that, you know, that adjective a lot, modular. What does it mean? So FoxQuilt, the impetus for FoxQuilt with regards to building product is that you want to start out with basically figuring out all those pain points of the customer around where their real needs are when they're a young starting business and uh, you know, one to 10 employees around their general liability. And you're, you're talking about um, where you can go faster to test your thesis early days around segments and verticals. Essentially, less, you know, get insurance a little bit here where, where there's less tail and exposure, um, lower margin, you know, business classes within that vertical of personal services. And then as you expand out your roadmap with product, our focus is on basically manufacturing the best-in-class general liability product first and foremost with Munich Re. And then you're, you're, you're basically you're drafting out a product roadmap that will encompass more complex small business offerings with more complex verticals. It may require some property, some inland marine as they're you know, mobilizing uh, you know, uh, the tools on the road, et cetera. But you're also building in for emerging markets, a full suite of modular product within your architecture. And what I mean by that is that we want the architecture to have capacity partnerships with a few different really experienced um, providers and partners. And if a small business owner like a videographer is growing and maturing and you know they were started out and they loved our basically service to get their general liability, we don't want them to go to 
four or five other providers for their professional liability, for their cyber, for their workers' compensation. They shouldn't have to. That's just a, that is a broken, disintermediated process as well. To even know that, you know, managing five providers with five different claims processes, five different treaties. We are building architecture so that in the back end architecture invisible to the consumer, we have lots of different capacity partners that can service one stop shop all things around your small business cyber, workers' compensation, GL, professional liability, DNO. You don't have to leave or go anywhere else. You can grow, we can grow with you. And by the way, if you need three of those different um, uh, products at the start of the relationship, you have access to it. More importantly, it pr- provides that customer with one treaty. So think about it today. You've got basically most businesses have three different products with three different providers, workers' comp, DNO, ENO, and a GL. And they've got four different, they're managing four different policies. Can you imagine that? So we're solving the pain point of that customer. But more importantly, today's market post-pandemic, everybody's doing multiple different things. You might be, you might be a baker in the morning and a yoga instructor at night. Why should you have to go? And they're two different, different coverages and two different policies. Why should you have to go to the marketplace to source two different policies that are 12-month annum priced policies and pay a premium for both of them. Why can't basically technology companies like ours essentially produce one result on one treaty for both the bakery and the yoga instructor studio at night? But you need the architecture and you need the autonomy to build and innovate product with your underwriting partners. That's what we're doing. So you just you just highlighted kind of that back to the the, the broker sort of approach, right? Which is people you know, they don't like their insurance to begin with, but they hate it when they actually have to deal with the claim side of things, right? Which is, you know, the, the smallest piece of that, but the highest touch piece of that. How do you how do you create, you know, it's easy to disintermediate on the packing side, but at some point in time somebody's got to answer the phone or or deal with a piece of paper. Like how do you how do you how do you make that part of the scenario in order to fulfill the value proposition? Oh wow, this is a great question. I thought you brought this up because um it's super important. If you looked at one of the first slides that's like living and breathing within our culture and, and our uh in our boardroom, it is much more dynamic than solving the problem and the pain point for the customer just at new purchase. That's, like you said, that's easy. So many technology companies in so many different industries get that right. And if you get it right, yeah, of course, you can scale and grow organically. But you need to holistically look at the entire value chain that's supporting the entire life cycle of the policy from beginning to end. Because every touch point is actually more valuable than the first. And it, and it claims equally maybe your greatest um, retention and service uh, sales opportunity to service the client's interest. I get passionate about what we're building for customers because what a great product. It takes, you know, you have to have it to basically stay in business to acquire a new customer if you're a small business owner. They've got to be now named to your certificate. The world's changed. And we serve a purpose to be there at their greatest time of need within you know, their greatest calamity within a business. So I get very proud about um, you know, solving that, that pain point and that product to service them around the, you know, the, the, the wheel. We look at this, uh, replacing all these legacy idioms and uh, things when it's talking about like re- annual renewal dates. Well, why, does it, why is there an annual renewal date? You should be touching, interfacing, communicating to that customer obviously 365, but solving their problems around within your technology to service their interests at claim. So at at retention, at renewal, 
much more further in advance to basically educating and let the machine to nurture what their needs are way ahead of, you know, assessing it 30 or 60 days with a manual process. So the technology that we're building is really to service the interests of the entire life cycle of the policy. And when we're building out, again, self-service functionality and self-service portals so that, you know, we get so many examples and I'll go through three here with you. When a business like a videographer wins a new client, a municipality, and they're only going to service their interest for a quarter. The municipality says, guys, you got 2 million in limits. You can't win this RFP without five. And we need to be named to the certificate. And this has to be basically presented to us next morning. It's 10 p.m. at night. They can't work with traditional broker to underwriter to make those changes in three weeks. We serve, an, we serve a purpose to help that business grow, to service that potential customer. That's where technology comes to play. At Claim, us and other basically cousins within our kind of realm that are doing this well and doing it properly, we're building our own APIs to start with the, the low-hanging fruit when it comes to servicing claims. And that's about communicating, adjudicating the claim, and paying it out very quickly. If what, the machine should be intelligent enough if it is a, just a, you know, a restaurant that had a, a broken, basically, front glass in the middle of the night. Well, that's not a, a big deal. If it's you know, a $5,000 claim, it, it should be basically access to that API and that channel of communication that it's resolved within hours, 24 hours. Not again through the traditional means of using you know, a, a back office uh, claim support, after hours claim support, and then to an underwriter, to a broker, to a person. So it's, it, it's about always evolving those different APIs that are you know, solving different pain points within that policy lifecycle. But we're completely uh, cognizant that it's much more than just the net new purchase. Yeah. Yeah, it has to be. So, and it's, it's one of the tougher ones in that you deal in a regulated environment and, you know, every province, every state, you know, wants to have something to say about it. How do, how do you factor that into your, into your scaling? Yeah, it's, it's, this is, uh, this is the hard part because we, what we've done and we've learned this through experience through some others in our, in our peer group in Canada, it's a lot easier. It's a lot less, it's not regulated. It's a lot, a lot easier to go faster. It's a ubiquitous homogeneous market. Three provinces make up 75% of our market. And it's as a first mover, we don't have, we are the first ever full stack. I call us modern care, but super MGA that's releasing you know, novel product direct consumer. Never been done before in Canada. So it allows you to go a little bit quicker. In the US, where it's a bit more mature landscape, um, what we've learned from other kind of first movers there is that in each jurisdiction, yes, you're right, we're manufacturing product that comes with basically rating and underwriting rules that have to basically be governed through that you know, different authority in each state. We use basically that agile, basically project management system within using more conservative states to basically give us kind of rubber stamp or uh, approval with our new products, with our new rating, with our new underwriting logic, so that we can scale and go quicker with more moderate or liberal states thereafter. So I think that Munich relearned early days and how to navigate the, uh, the regulatory um, bodies and geography to do it properly. And we do it based in clusters of six geographic superstates. Right now, we are, you know, we just, you know, we just recently launched our, our offering in the U.S. 
And we start with, uh, you know, one state, Ohio. But by the end of the year, you're in that first super cluster of six U.S. states. Now, we are licensed in many, many more states, but we're filing our product in uh, clusters of six states thereafter. But to answer your, your question, we totally appreciate that to go faster, to scale faster, you've got to basically pass the rigidity of the regulatories earlier on so that you're not getting tripped up or caught up thereafter when you're releasing the product. So it's working with a bit more stringent, more conservative bodies on the on-start and collaborating with them through the whole process. So a process of basically incubating a product when it comes to underwriting logic, when it comes to pricing and rating, when it comes to user X, UI, that whole process takes six months to a year. And you can't afford to navigate the relationship with the regulatory body at the later stage. You've got to work with them throughout. And that goes with all your your UAT and your, your stress testing and all that stuff as well. So it's not easy. But the more you more mistakes you, and the failures you make earlier on are actually what you want to do because you don't want to get caught up making them midway through. Uh, yeah, regulators don't like surprises typically, right? Not at all. And then the more trust that they garner with the within the relationship, uh, the more they afford to basically say, "Hey, these guys, this is a the sophisticated group. They're working with you know arguably the most sophisticated body that we have a lot of trust and respect for." Munich Re, we're going to let them. Uh, go a little bit faster next time. Well, this has been great. I, I typically end with a specific question that's a little bit more personal. So you're in your house, you've got four kids running around, it's been a long day and you want to find a quiet moment. What kind of music do you listen to at that point? <laughs> yeah, you know, I've got a 14 and 11 year old, but I also have two two-year-old twins. So can you imagine the music that's going on with the, it takes up all of our sound system all day long with those two-year-old twins. So as soon as they go to bed, at uh, 7.30, we're talking about, you know, putting on, and I, and I parked myself in kind of my living space in my master bedroom, and uh, I put on like a little softer, basically more eclectic even uh, Coldplay, and I'm not ashamed to say Coldplay or any kind of Britpop, but... Uh, there's no shame in that. Say it loud and proud. No, there's there's no. nothing uh, nothing quite like sparks on a quiet evening, so... You, you got it. Make it acoustic. I don't care. There you go. <laughs> There you go. Mark, this has been fantastic. I I, uh, I really appreciate your time and, and you got a great business and I wish you all the best. Yeah, thanks for having me again, Paul. Enjoyed it. There were a few key insights that we take away from our conversation with Mark. First, insurance tech stacks are monolithic and not customer centric. It's an industry just ripe for disruption. Mark's team is changing the landscape by empowering the insurance industry with sophisticated data architecture, which lets customers deal with their own policies, their way, and on their own time. Second, at the end of the day, insurance is just a series of big algorithms. The question is, how do you manage all the data so it meets the needs of all the entities and their APIs, and puts the customer in control of all their contracts and treaties? The most value comes from the marriage between the carrier and the customer. Third, business at the end of the day is simply an exchange of value. Mark and his team's focus to use technology to better serve the needs of customers so the insurance companies can get it right every time, on demand. Self-service portals that are available 24-7 make it easier for the company to meet the customer's rapidly evolving needs. Fourth, risk is an emerging data business. The more insights you gather on a particular class over another, gives you better capabilities to understand underwriting and ultimately the pricing. 
The key comes from understanding that risk data is always moving, which makes the advantages of APIs invaluable. Finally, your product roadmap must encompass more complex offerings for the different types of customers. Consider the verticals your customers operate in, the geographies. Do they exist in more than one? Do they have multiple businesses? Design your architecture according to meet the changing needs of the users with the goal of solving that friction they experience first. Thanks for listening to Transform It Forward, the podcast that gives you an inside look into some of the world's most effective transformation processes. If you like this episode, please be sure to give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Transform It Forward is brought to you by Axway, who believes that in order to create the most value for customers, partners, and employees, you need to open everything by securely integrating and moving data across a complex world of old and new technologies.